Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. I'm joined now by Arthur Brooks, who I assume is in Cambridge, Massachusetts, as he teaches now at Harvard and, of course, maybe he's back in D.C. Where are you, Arthur? I am in Brookline, Massachusetts, in my bunker, in my home, which is two and, and a half miles from Harvard, so next it, to Cambridge. Is everybody in the Brooks family fine? Yes, we're all fine. We're all spread out. I have a son who's uh, he's quarantined in Princeton, where he's graduating at the what has now become a correspondent school, Princeton University. I have a son who's in the Marine Corps, who is in Paris Island, South Carolina, um, not allowed to leave. And my daughter's here with us. I was unaware that Princeton was a degree-granting institution. <laughs> well, a, the real question is if any of us are degree-granting institutions at this moment. We're, we're doing <laughs> all of our classes at Harvard online as well. Arthur, what I wanted to talk to you about, along with Dennis Prager, and I've taken a stab at it, but you were really an expert on happiness, which also makes yeah. you an expert on fear. And <laughs> I, I, I'd like, am I right about that? Well, Fear is not the opposite of happiness. Fear is the opposite of love. And love is the nuclear fuel of happiness. So you're, pre, you're, you're pretty close. People are very, very fearful right now. And therein lies some of the solutions to our problems. That's what I want you. You have the floor. I knew, I knew this would be a gold mine of wisdom. Tell us what to do about fear. Well, so what's going on right now is that we're not, most people are not afraid they're going to get sick. Most people are not afraid they're going to die. They're afraid of the uncertainty. They're afraid of, you know, they, they, they know that their stock portfolio is going to come back. They're not so stupid that they're selling their stocks. They know they're not going to retire penniless. The problem is they don't know what's going to happen in the next month, the next two months, the next six months. And that uncertainty naturally brings fear. There, if you're suffering from fear, you have to recognize it. And the only solution to that is to surround yourself with love. Love conquers, perfect love drives out fear. Uh, that's the first, uh, first letter of St. John's. And so how do, you, how do you do that? Well, that's my column in the Washington Post this weekend, as a matter of fact. And there are a bunch of different ways to do it. And the key thing to keep in mind is that, with the way, that one of the reasons that people suffer when they're in their homes alone or when they're, when they're, when they're quarantining or, as we now say, awkwardly social distancing, which is a, a term I hope will kill forever after this is over, the problem with that is that we're missing a, a neurotransmitter, a hormone in the brain called oxytocin. This is a neurotransmitter that's intensely pleasurable that comes about from touch and from eye contact. And what that does is it basically signals to the brain that there is love in your life and that will drive out your fear, fear of uncertainty, fear of the unknown. But you have to stimulate it manually when you're not getting it naturally. So this is the key thing that we have to keep in mind for Americans right now. Who are, um, right now, that they're, they're, they're social distancing. In a few days, we'll probably all be sheltering in place, as far as we all know, um, by national order. I mean, some people think that, at least. 
And if that's the case, we have to spend more time actually making actual eye contact when we talk. To, to, we need to stop using social media and start using Skype and FaceTime to talk to people so we can actually see them in their eyes. And every person in your house needs therapeutically 20 seconds of hugging every two hours. This is a prescription from your social scientist friend, Dr. Arthur Brooks. Now, I, I, you're serious. I want people to understand this is a genuine, actual, physiological prescription. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oxytocin is no joke. Oxytocin is really one of the reasons that people feel that life is worth living. It's the explosion of pleasure that you get when you see an old friend, when you see your child, when you, when you, when you see your child born for the first time, when you see the person with whom you're in love. And it comes from eye contact and touch. And we don't get enough of it when we change our behaviors and become isolated. Therefore, we have to therapeutically look for occasions to get this love. This will make us have a much better time. We'll be much more comfortable. And most importantly, this is what will eradicate the kind of visceral fear of uncertainty that we're feeling right now. Now, this really makes me worried about seniors who are widows or widowers. You know, I'm always with the fetching Mrs. Hewitt, whether virtually or together. She's on one coast right now. I'm here, but we talk like 20 times a day, often on Facebook. I FaceTime my grandkids. Tony Fauci told me I can't go see them, but I talk to them. So I get that. Mm-hmm. But what about a senior who, who can't receive visitors and isn't really equipped to use social media? So that's a that's a much bigger problem, and, and one side point on that. By the way, I was I was talking to you know you know Jim Tui who ran the yes. space based offices for W. He's now running a, a great nonprofit in D.C. called Aging with Dignity, and he made this point to me yesterday. He said, you know, in all the things that people are feeling right now about isolation and loneliness, that's what a lot of seniors feel all the time. We're going to suffer through it for a month. They suffer through it through years. What can we do to alleviate that for them? And most importantly, what can we do about it later for our brothers and sisters who are older and tend to be more isolated? To begin with, the, the senior centers where people live relatively isolated, if they're living together, they need not to be isolated from one another. That's the important thing. If they're hunkering down, they should hunker down together. That's important. The second thing is that, that senior centers and, and families who have relatively isolated elderly family members need to equip them more with technology right now. It's very important. I mean, I realize that they're relatively uncomfortable with it, but if you can find a way such that you can see each other face to face, even if it's virtually, this will be incredibly important for the quality of life of senior citizens. And by the way, of all the people who are listening to us as well. Now, Arthur Brooks, I have been uh, preaching a little bit and uh, it's, it's just Tony Fauci, by the way, is an extraordinary Catholic. I don't know if you've noticed that. Have you? He's just so Catholic. He's completely Catholic. And and he was great on your show, by the way. He was phenomenal on your show. Yeah, he's just he's, he doesn't care about money. I love the guy. I just love the guy. <laughs> but he's he he he, he conveyed to me that um, you know in the back of my mind the reason we like him he's not partisan and he's always kind. And so while we have to flatten the curve of the virus spread, I've taken to saying we also have to flatten the cruelty curve and we have to flatten the partisanship curve during this period of time. And I actually have stayed off of Twitter because I found after one day. It's a cesspool of cruelty. It's not good for people who are alone to go there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, you know, the truth is it's never good. Even if we don't have a pandemic, even if we're not sheltering in place, stay off social media. The the data are in They're, they're, they're It's just incontrovertibly true 
that if you're on Twitter or any f- social media for more than half an hour a day, the longer you're on it, the lonelier you'll get. It's empty calories. It's like eating French fries and hamburgers when you're hungry. You don't get enough nutrients, so you stay hungry even as you get fatter. Lonely people, they binge on social media and wind up lonelier. The reason that people are so terrible to each other on social media is because they're lonely. This is, uh, this is poison. We need to stay away from it. Now, I also want to talk generally about the media because people listen to you, Arthur. Uh, I think our jobs are to ensure, inform, and encourage. That is not typically media in the age in which we live, but to assure that we'll be here tomorrow and America will be free and the world will survive. To inform how to social distance, your term of uh, not preference, but nevertheless useful. <laughs> and to encourage to what you just did. You've been very encouraging. What do you think media's job is? Media's job right now, of course, is to do the things that we're talking about, but also to give people solutions and to encourage them in a way that does not divide them from one from the other. Remember, if this were a, if this were a war, if this were World War II, and this is a kind of a war, we would be banding together. The greatest time in American unity in my lifetime was right after 9-11, where people were really banding together, where Democrats and Republicans just realized how stupidly little these differences were. The main reason that we're not achieving that as well as we should right now, I believe, is because there's a, there's a profit motive. It's sort of the outrage industrial complex in this country where people are getting famous and rich and getting clicks and followers on the basis of dividing each other. It's a very profitable business. It's, it's absolutely time in media and politics and on social media in particular for people to abandon that and for pe- all the rest of us to rebel, to say, look, you know, I, no dividers. I'm sorry. You know, you notice that there's a it's not a coincidence that suddenly the country is turning away from politicians who are being dividers, who are naturally dividers, who are telling us that we need to hate our neighbors. We don't want that right now. And media can play a big role and actually be at the vanguard of changing American culture, of bending the curve of hatred, as you so appropriately pointed out, toward greater unity as we come out of this crisis. It's a cruelty curve. Uh, it is Twitter's uh, uh, fentanyl is cruelty. And uh, but the other side of that is, and I want to close on this, the thing that went viral this week that I loved were two um, youngsters playing cellos outside the window of an older person. Everybody wins. The kids, the senior and the people who watch the video. We got to encourage that, Arthur. Absolutely. And all of us can find a way to do this. Say, Say to yourself, you know, set aside two hours at the end of the day today with Skype or FaceTime, at very least with the phone, and make a list of people that you've been thinking, I need to get in touch with that person because I want to anyway, and systematically go through your list. You'll be happier. They'll be happier. Who knows? Look, if we're hugging each other more, if there's more direct eye contact, if there's less social media use, if we're more in communication with each other, we could come out of this thing better than we went in as people and as a country. Oh, you made me feel better, Arthur. You're the one of the people I needed to talk to. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Keith. Thank you. God bless you and your family and all of our listeners. We're going to be okay. Uh, You too, and you are right. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. I want to talk to you for a moment about a group I've done work with for years, ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. You've seen how your freedom is under attack. Go to townhallreview.com to find out how you can join Alliance Defending Freedom to help ensure the opponents of freedom don't dictate your future. That's townhallreview.com. If you enjoy your podcast, take a moment, tell a friend to subscribe today. This is Lon Chen of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. There's something important that all of us can do to stop the spread of coronavirus. It's not convenient, and it's not necessarily fun. 
but it will save lives. What is it? Try your best to stay at home. You can still take walks outside with others in your family, shop for essentials, or get takeout from a local restaurant. And there's also plenty we can do to stay connected to others. Check in on your loved ones and friends frequently. Give to people in need in your community supplies for food pantries, financial donations, personal hygiene items. Buy online gift certificates to your favorite local stores and restaurants and use them when this is over. If you're going to spread anything, spread help, compassion, and humor. Above all, do not panic. Remember, like all outbreaks, this too will eventually end. Focused and united, we can avoid the worst possibilities. It's up to all of us. As a country, we can overcome this crisis together. I'm Lan Hee Chen. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.